sometimes the little things we say have the biggest impact. Take a journey with me today as we talk about microaggressions. Hello and welcome to Inscribing Inclusion. I'm your host, Jocelyn Armstrong. Thank you for joining me for episode 12 of season two. Today, we're going to discuss microaggressions. This is a word that you may or may not be familiar with. You may have heard it a lot more recently. People seem to be talking about it and are more interested in it. Quite frankly, I can tell you that it's something that I've experienced uh, throughout my life, but did not always have the terminology for it. So I'm grateful for thought leaders and people who put words around um, actions and feelings and experiences. So microaggressions, the way I like to describe them, are things that are small and damaging. It's like having dozens of paper cuts and then putting on hand sanitizer, right? There, there's quite a sting there. Um, and it's something that usually a paper cut you can't even see, but you feel it when that alcohol hits it. Um, I also think of microaggressions sometimes, particularly when they are repeated, as like water dripping on a rock. And we know that as water drips on a rock over time, it can erode uh, part of the surface of that rock, right? So that's kind of how I describe microaggressions. I have grabbed, of course, an official definition of microaggressions, and they are described as a comment or action that subtly and often unconsciously or unintentionally expresses a prejudiced attitude toward a member of a marginalized group. I'll say it again. Uh, microaggressions or a microaggression is a comment or action that subtly or and often unconsciously or unintentionally expresses a prejudiced attitude toward a member of a marginalized group. And so when we talk about marginalized groups, that means um, people of color. Um, often in many societies, particularly in the, the U.S. society, women, uh, people in the LGBTQ plus community, disabled individuals, people of certain socioeconomic classes, anyone that is pushed out um, on the fringes, if you will, because they do not fit the U.S. definition of the in-group, which is usually um, white, male, cisgender, heterosexual, um, sometimes Christian. The effects of microaggressions, um, although the microaggressions themselves are seemingly small, the effects can be large. Um, when repeated, microaggressions can affect someone's mental health, their, their self-image, or sense of belonging. Examples of microaggressions, if you're wondering what, what is a microaggression, like give me a, a, a practical example. Um, telling someone that they speak so well, that they're so articulate, or that they speak English well. Uh, these are usually directed at people who are, again, people of color or folks who don't appear, appear air quotes, um, to be American uh, or someone who actually maybe was born in another country has immigrated here um, and English may actually be their second language, but to tell someone that they speak English so well um, based upon their perceived ethnic background 
is insulting because it makes it seem as though people cannot learn a language um, or would be not would not be expected to speak it well um, just because it may not be their first language. Another microaggression, this is one that I find fun, is when someone tells a person that they like their, their straight hair better. This is typically lobbied at people that have uh, naturally curly hair. Typically black women um, are the target of this type of microaggression. Folks say this and they think they're giving a compliment. Um, they are expressing their preference for the way that a person looks and not acknowledging that that person's hair that grows out of their scalp the way that it does is wonderful and beautiful within its own self. And it does not necessarily have to be straightened for it to be cute or attractive. Where are you really from is another microaggression. When someone is asked, you know, where are you from? And they're like, mm, Cleveland. And someone says, no, where are you really from? Because they think that they look um, not American or what have you. That's a microaggression. Uh, using slang that is derogatory, uh, like that's so gay. Or um, there was recently an incident where the singer Lizzo used a word uh, spaz in one of her songs. And that was considered offensive to people in the disabled community. Those sorts of things. Um, another microaggression that I have seen, it's not, I've not experienced, but I've seen it very closely, is when someone is blind or visually impaired and people start to talk to them really loud. They cannot see. They can hear usually just fine. Um, as a matter of fact, people who have a disability in one sense often have a heightened sense of ability in the other areas. My mother, for instance, has visual impairment and people will talk to her loudly and it's like, she can hear you fine. I promise you she can hear you fine. As a person who did not even try to sneak out of her house as a teenager because she hears everything, I promise she hears well. Um, so those are things that are practical examples, if you will, of microaggressions. Now we have to consider that while microaggressions can be unintended or spouted unconsciously, it doesn't mean that they don't offend or cause damage to the other person. So that's the, the, the understanding or the principle of intent versus impact. Just because you didn't mean to offend a person doesn't mean that they're not offended. Just because you didn't mean to lob a microaggression at them doesn't mean that they did not receive it that way. And I hear people are like, oh, folks are just too sensitive or this or that. No, no, you're offensive. And again, your intent is not the part that's necessarily important. It is the impact. Now, in order to navigate the waters of intent versus impact, I encourage you that if you say or you do something, um, be accountable and own it. Even if you didn't intend to be offensive, you didn't. if you didn't realize what you were saying was offensive, as a human talking to another human, you should have the respect and personal accountability to own what you did right? And realize that what you did, if someone says to you what you just said or what you just did was offensive, own that. Don't try to placate or, you know, give them the, I didn't mean that and you took it the wrong way or why are you so sensitive? Those are not the responses. The response is, I own my action. I own my words. I apologize, 
right? Also, you can listen along with that apology. You can listen and then deal with that situation and walk through that with that person because it can be a learning experience for everyone, right? It can be a learning experience for you because you can now be armed with knowledge that sometimes the things that you say or do are harmful to people and you can adjust your language. You can adjust your behavior. You can learn a new thing so that you are no longer offensive to people in marginalized groups. Um, and on the other end of that, that person who has noted your behavior or your remarks has another opportunity to practice um, advocating for themselves or someone else in a situation. Now, there are people <laughs> who, when uh, called out, or I rather would say like called in, um, whose behavior has been pointed out or whose comments have been pointing out, pointed out as a microaggression, the offending person um, will sometimes say, well, you made me feel bad for pointing out that I said that thing or that I did that thing. I encourage you to ask a lot of the why questions. So if you say something or do something that is offensive to someone and they say to you that thing that you said or did is offensive, why do you then feel bad? Is it one of the temporary stings of, oh my gosh, I don't believe I did that. I'm embarrassed. I, I can't believe that I said a thing or did a thing like that. It is never my intent to harm another person. I'm so embarrassed. Is it that kind of feeling bad? Which is really very natural. Or is it the, I feel bad, I feel attacked, I feel accused, I feel bad. Uh, the first one I get, and it's a temporary thing. And, and as long as they didn't like, yell and intend to try to embarrass you, you kind of got to take that in stride and it's going to sting. Take that, take that, that correction and, and work with it and try to find new words and behaviors. Right. But if your response to it is that you made me feel bad because I feel attacked or I feel accused as opposed to maybe embarrassed, you might want to think about how someone sharing how you made them feel, um, is making you feel bad. Right. Again, this is going to be uncomfortable and it may sting at first, but then what do we do with those feelings and how can we commit to doing better and different? And again, do not try to convince someone that they're being too sensitive for being offended, right? Instead, consider your behaviors and how what you did was offensive and what that means for you going forward. It's all about personal accountability, which I know is a thing that is not as common in society today. People like to say and do things and not be responsible for themselves and their actions. Now, how can we handle microaggressions? I said earlier about calling out versus calling in. Um, even as a person who is as open and vocal as I am, I don't necessarily enjoy the calling out, whether, me, whether I'm calling someone else out or I'm being called out. I prefer, now that I've gotten a little bit older and moved ahead in life. I like the calling in, um, particularly if I'm trying to preserve a relationship, right? If there is something at stake, it's a family member, it's a friend, it's a work colleague, it's, it's a relationship that I want to or need to continue. I like calling in because what that means to me is that you bring that person into a space where it's just you and that person 
in a one-on-one conversation. It might not happen immediately after the incident. It may take hours or days, but you have a one-on-one conversation with that person and you use I statements to let them know, I felt like this when I heard the words, blah, blah, blah. Or I felt like this when I saw and then describe the action, right? Be direct about it. Don't, don't dance around it. Be very, very much direct. And then ask questions, you know, ask them if they realized that what they said or did could be harmful to someone. Ask them how frequently or how regularly that has been a part of their vernacular. Ask them, have they considered other ways that they could say or do a thing that would be, um, that would not be offensive to either the person who was impacted by the statement or others around. And again, I say this is an opportunity for a teachable moment. I said that earlier. Um, it is. It's just an opportunity for everyone to learn. And I can hear some of you, even though you're not speaking directly to me, you're probably talking to your phone right now saying, listen to this podcast and I can't believe she's talking about teachable moments. Someone has been offended. They've been microaggressed against. They shouldn't have to, they shouldn't have to teach anybody or instruct anybody on how to be better or have better behavior. This is very much true. Very much true. Um, But I'm not talking about a full lecture, right? I'm talking about you restating what was said, how it made you feel, and then point people toward places that they can learn more or encourage them to go learn more, right? That's what I mean by using it as a teachable moment. I don't mean it's time for you to pull out, you know, a chalkboard and a stack of books and your, your latest paper that you've written about a topic. That's not what I mean. But I mean that you have the opportunity to redirect someone. And again, I think that this is very important when we're talking about preservation of relationships. If this is a connection that you think is worthy of maintaining and important to maintain as a part of, you know, mutually beneficial lives, then you want to take the opportunity to correct someone's microaggression. If it is some random person in the store or a person that you will probably never see again, I encourage you to consider how much time you really want to spend um, doing this kind of work, right? I don't, I don't know that I would expend a lot of energy or resources or time uh, correcting microaggressions in one-off situations. I may say something, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to help someone understand or encourage them to use different or better words. I'm just going to say what you did was offensive and here's why and carry on. But again, if it's a a relative, a friend, a colleague, I'm going to spend more time there because I I want that person to grow and be better. I want uh, the experience of being heard by that person and them reconsidering. And I would want the same for me. If I'm in a situation and I've done something or said something and that was a microaggression against someone, I want them to say to me, hey, Jocelyn, listen, the thing that you said or did, not appropriate does not work out. I would love for you to fix your language and fix your behavior. It's going to sting, but I'll appreciate them for it. So with that being said, I talked really fast and I said a lot of things, but I want to recap and just remind us that we are humans dealing with other human beings on a regular basis. And we all have bad days and we all have spaces where we 
fall and misstep and do not treat others the best ways that we could. That is a very real thing because humans are fallible. I also understand and know that as humans, we have the ability to learn, to do better, to change ourselves and have a different and better impact in the ways that we show up in the world. So with that being said, be mindful of microaggressions. Be mindful of the things that you say and do toward people. Be mindful of the ways that you are quick to speak and not always as fast to think about what's coming out of your mouth, right? I encourage you to think about ways that if you are microaggressed against, you may want to correct some things. And also think about the effect that the microaggressions have on you and how you process that hurt, that pain, that offense, right? So thanks so much for listening. This was a very quick episode, but I wanted to get this out there in the air and share with you all because I know that it's something that happens every day and we want to have at least a launching point to think about how we deal with microaggressions. I'm also going to drop the link to an article that I enjoyed um, that talks about this specific topic. And I encourage you to keep digging and keep learning more as you spend time traversing this life. Take care, y'all. And now it's time for one last thing. I don't have a specific quote for this segment, but I do want to remind you as you think about how you interact with people on a daily basis, that you center respectfulness and kindness in the way that you approach people and that you have the courage and bravery to correct people if they are offensive to you or others around you. Be decent and be human, y'all. Be sure to like and subscribe to Inscribing Inclusion on your favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at InscribingPod and on Instagram at Inscribing Inclusion. And you can always email us at inscribinginclusion at gmail.com.